Hello, Gen Xers. What is up? You know, I heard a great song today for the first time. It's by one of my favorite bands, the Dropkick Murphys. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they're the ones that do Shipping Out to Boston. That's in the movie The Departed. Great song. Um, they also sing Tessie uh, from Fever Pitch. But they have a new album coming out, and they've, they've been trickling out some of their new songs. But this new one, it's called Queen of Suffolk County, and it starts off with a hysterical line. It says, she has hair like a skyscraper and an even bigger attitude. If there's not anything more Gen X than that, I'm not sure. <laughs> because if you can think back to our high school and junior high school days, you know, those poor Gen X girls. Remember, they, they had the Aquanet, the, the flying nun hairdo with it with it frizzed out on the side and the big claw in the front. It, <laughs> when I heard that song, it cracked me up. It made me think of all my favorite uh, Gen Xers out there. But um, you know, today's a great day. It's opening day for baseball. My, one of my absolute favorite days of the year. You know, my you know, top five, if not the best day of the year. You know, it, it, it's something to look forward to all, all winter long as we suffer through those uh, cold uh, winter months. And now we've arrived. We've gone through spring training, and, and now we have something to look forward to. These games matter for real. We have the weather turning the corner, and it's, it just, it's, it's, a, it's a great day. And it, it, you know, it's something that I you know, think on as you know, baseball is something that I've just been into my entire life. And, and I think back to when you know, we were kids, how you know, baseball was the thing. I mean, everybody played baseball, um, even kids who weren't necessarily athletic or into sports. You know, their parents had them uh, in baseball as well. But, you know, last night I had a, a parent meeting uh, for my son's uh, Little League team. He's uh, 13, and so he's in Pony, and so he's in his, his you know, last two years of, you know, Little League before, you know, high school starts, and, and he'd be in either high school team or travel teams. And they were commenting on uh, on the you know, the meeting how we have 26 boys who have signed up for the Pony League, and it's it's enough in in our community to field two teams, and that's and they were just ecstatic about that because it's apparently the most boys that they've had sign up uh, for Pony baseball in about five to six years, and it's one of those things that just. And he struck me as odd, and just was a reminder on on how things are so different than you know when we were you know 13 and 14 years old. Because again, everybody played, you know. And when I was in Pony, when I was that that age, and you know, it was even a smaller community, uh, we had enough um, kids to field a whole league, much less just two teams. Um, and and you know, they're going to be playing you know teams from other communities, which you know has its own benefits, and it's it's going to be fun for my son. I'm excited for him. But it was again one another one of those reminders that uh, you know you know we Gen Xers are are getting old now. We're getting crusty, and and the world that our our kids are are living in is is certainly not not the same. Um, but yeah, if you haven't had have a chance to hear it yet, yeah, check it out. Queen of Suffolk County, you know that that uh, or Suffolk County. The the first line will just absolutely have you in stitches. It's great. Uh, so, boy, recapping uh, this past week, a lot of just still bizarre, bizarre things going on. Uh, first, boy, that uh, Colorado shooting certainly has disappeared, hasn't it? Boy, bizarre. I mean, you think about how. You know, the the reaction and understandably that that shooting in that that Walmart in Walmart in El Paso a couple of years ago, um, you know the attention that that brought, and here we are in, in, in a week removed from a shooting in a supermarket 
in in Boulder that killed 20 people, and this guy was targeting it. It wasn't just spraying; he was actually targeting people. Um, don't hear from it. Don't hear about it anymore. It's just gone. It it it's just lost on on uh, the consciousness of of the American public. Kind of, and then also in a weird weird way as well. I don't know if you saw this really sad sad incident. And I believe it was in D.C. This man, his name was Muhammad Anwar. Apparently he was uh, an immigrant from Pakistan. And he was running an Uber Eats gig, and which is you know, certainly being more and more commonplace now. Uh, not just ride sharing, but you know, the food delivery. And it, you know, certainly through the pandemic has is, is gotten more and more prevalent. But you know, this man, was, I'm not sure if that was his main job or if this was some kind of side gig that he had. But regardless, um, as he was on his route, these, this 13- and 15-year-old girl decided that they are going to carjack him. And there's actually this just ghastly video of, of this thing. Um, this this guy is, is getting car- in the middle of being carjacked, and he's standing in his driver's side door, and he's saying, "No, this is my car. This is my car. Get out!" And all of a sudden, the you know the car speeds away, and I'm not sure if one of the girls hit the gas or whatever it was, but the guy's hanging or he's standing outside his driver's side door. The car takes off and speeds around the corner, rolls over, and the guy dies. And and these girls are running away screaming, "Oh, my, my phone's in the car! My phone's in the car!" And and here's this guy dead. And in, in, you know, from from their actions and and their concern is their their phone and what is left in this guy's car that they were just trying to to carjack. Now that in itself is is heartbreaking enough. First of all, that this guy died. You know, he was just trying to in the middle of doing his job and and you know, he's getting carjacked. And I know here in in Chicago through the summer and in, even through the winter. You know, carjackings were were skyrocketing, um, and they were also being committed by you know, fourteen to sixteen year old kids, uh, not girls, and for the most part, in, in, in the city it was mostly boys. But in this in this case, there were girls. Uh, but regardless, um, that seems to be a thing now. Um, I'm not sure what our kids are out there doing. I know I have a thirteen and a and a sixteen year old, and if if they did something like that, boy, I would just be beside myself. Um, but uh, here we go. It's, it's been happening, which again is it's heartbreaking enough on its face. But what's also even more bizarre, and in, in, in how this ties into the Colorado shooting thing, is you know, these two girls. They, they were kind of getting being given an alibi by CNN, and, and who had this really bizarre tweet that was something along the lines of you know thirteen and fifteen year old girl, you know carjack Uber Eats driver. Um, and following the incident, uh, led to a crash by the driver and, and he died from his, his injuries. Uh, I mean, it, it was just weird. The cover that CNN was trying to give these girls. Um, first of all, the guy died directly from, from them trying to, to carjack it. And the other thing that it, uh, that it hid were the, the, uh, demographic makeup of, of these girls. Just like the Colorado shooter, his demographic was hidden because it did not fit the narrative. It, and, and here is a, you know, the, the driver was a minority and um, it didn't fit the narrative on uh, who committed it. So it was, it was trying to be hidden. It was really, really odd. And it, 
and it got me thinking how more and more as we see these these incidents happen um that you know woke culture and critical race theory are just overtly racist now not in the racist in the sense that it's it's discriminating against against uh caucasians against against uh against white people which in the case of the the colorado shooting you know those were the victims and the 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 murderer in that case was was a an immigrant um, and a minority and because that didn't fit the narrative it's completely forgotten same thing with these girls that didn't fit the narrative narrative completely forgotten and in recent weeks you've undoubtedly heard of this spike in in um anti-asian violence and of course it's in the media narrative is that it's a re- reaction to uh the, the virus and the pandemic and and it's another example of white supremacy but we've had several incidents even over just simply the past week alone where that didn't fit the narrative the the, the person who was committing these these acts didn't fit the narrative there are at least two videos again, just gut wrenching, of these um, in these elderly. Uh, in one case, it's a man on the subway, and another, or and, and another was was a woman walking down the street, and they just get beaten just out of nowhere, and the the guys who do it just calmly walk away. And in one case, I believe in the case of the woman. This security guard sees that it's happening, shuts the door, and walks away. And it was just absolutely bizarre, which, again, it's something that my Gen X brain has a really hard time wrapping itself around. But if, if somebody's getting savagely beaten, my first reaction is not going to be to whip out my phone and start videoing this. And then later, post it online. I just, I, I can't relate to that i don't get it I, I i i i'm not sure what leads leads that and and i i just I, I can't get why these people don't do something i mean even even if you don't want to physically get involved because you you, you think that you might be in danger yourself i totally get that but i don't understand how you wouldn't at least just say something and you know and you know phone the police I, unless they're defunded i don't know but I, how do you not just step in and do something how do you not intervene i mean these, these elderly women and the, these these men are, are getting beaten much like the fact that it's seemingly you know anti-asian violence and you know, everyone's decrying anti-asian violence but then what happens they're not doing anything about it so i you know they can spare me that outrage uh, but all that crap just needs to stop it's just it's just strange and but it's not going to stop if if it's it continues to be swept under the rug and just forgotten if it doesn't fit the media narrative i i just, I just don't understand that although in in some perverse way it's almost making me understand and and be persuaded a little bit if this white privilege nonsense in this case maybe it's not nonsense you know because if these uh the, the people who committed these acts if it if the shooter in colorado had been a white dude if the guy um that the kids that hijacked or carjacked that car in DC, if they had been two white teenagers, if the guys in New York and you know they're they're beating these Asian women, and the Asian this elderly Asian man had been white guys, their names and faces would have been plastered all over the uh, all over the media. But because they're not, I mean, do you know their names? I don't know their names. I couldn't tell you their names, and I've been following the stories. 
but if they were white dudes, you know it. You would know their names. You'd know their faces, and and we'd be writing over it, and there'd be hashtags and all that other kind of stuff. So maybe in, in a weird way, yeah, that, that, maybe that's an example of white privilege. That if if you commit a crime, a violent crime, heinous act, and you're white, your face will be known and your name will be known. But if you're not, no, no one will care. No one will have the slightest bit of interest in in what you did. So maybe maybe, maybe there I'm starting to come around on that one. But I'll. Also, uh, this past uh, this week, the trial of Derek Chauvin has started. Uh, I'm just bracing myself for that one. I just can't fathom you know, when you see the the full uh, videotapes and you, you understand the circumstances of what happened. As heartbreaking as it is to see what happened to to George Floyd, and as much as he shouldn't have died, I everyone I think we unanimity agree that he should not have died. Um, you know, certain. And certainly should not have died at the hands of the police. But knowing that what uh, he did in, in in kneeling on him and waiting for uh, paramedics to arrive, and that is part that that was part of police training in Minneapolis. When you understand that the amount of lethal doses of fentanyl that was in uh, the system of of George Floyd, amongst another a bunch of other uh, circumstances, it's really hard to see how that could justify convictions on the charges that he's been given. It's it, as much as all of us would like to to see him held accountable in some way. Him being held accountable for the charges that they give him does not seem to be like something that's going to stick. Which, knowing what happened last summer, just makes your blood go cold you know i I hate to see what's going to happen now to be fair there likely is going to be rioting and unrest regardless of of the outcome of this trial but heaven forbid the he is is not found guilty of the second and third degree murder charges that he's been given oh boy Uh, it, it seems like we're we're just on the on the front end of some more Domestic, or domestic, some, some more um, violence and, and rioting, and I just, I'm not ready for it. Um, but uh, yeah, here, here we go. It, it, again, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's unfortunate, and, and you know, it certainly doesn't help to have morons like you know Chelsea Handler on Twitter, you know, saying nonsense like, I don't know why we need a trial. Everyone can. There's video of him killing him. Well, yes. However. We are still a nation of laws. We are still a nation of rights. And like it or not, this former police officer, I'm not sure if he's been fired at this point, but this, this guy who was a police officer at the time has, has his rights still, and he deserves to have a trial and, and to have evidence presented in his defense. And we take it from there. Um, but uh, it, it, this presumption that of... That this guy needs to be, uh, you know, thrown away simply because watching that the video of, of what happened to that poor guy is heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just not who we are. Or at least it shouldn't be. Um, but but we'll see. So brace yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how long that's going to take, but I'm I'm certainly not looking forward to the outcome of that, regardless of what it is. Now, uh, the border crisis certainly has not. Uh, dissipated at all, although there have been some some humorous uh, 
incidents over the, the past week, although some heartbreaking. I don't know if you saw this picture of this father and his like 23-month-old a daughter who who drowned, uh, you know, trying to cross the Rio Grande, and you know, I've, I've you know talked before about these horrific, uh, you know, car accidents or van accidents, I mean, with people just packed into these vans. The borders are are getting in accidents and just you know killing people in mass. It's just heartbreaking what's happening, and it's galling to see the blind eye being turned by the the media and the politicians who, in, in the previous four years, were just fit to be tied over similar circumstances that were not even nearly as high as what we're seeing in just these you know, past couple of months. But that's the culture that we live in. That's that's who we've become, and, and we seem to be okay with that double standard. Although, you know, we Gen Xers do not stand for that. You know, that's something that we just simply will not abide, you know, much like the dude. But uh, here we are, and, and chief among those hypocrites is certainly the darling of the millennials in AOC. And, you know, and some, sometimes I'm not sure if she's clever like a fox or if she is actually as stupid as, as her words are. But there's this one video she posted about responding to the border crisis being called a surge because there has been a surge in the number of people trying to cross the border and, and crossing the border. And... In this video, she was maintaining and just outraged that you cannot call this a surge because this is not an insurgency. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, is she that stupid? Or is, is she being funny? I mean, is she playing some 4D chess here? I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Uh, it's bizarre, <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, she's trying to be clever. Eh, whatever, I can roll my eyes. But if she is honestly that stupid, I just, I oh boy, um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, that that's, that's, that certainly seems to be who she is. Um, now, COVID updates. You know, we, we are certainly well past the one-year mark of being in all this nonsense. You know, and, and just a you know, number of weeks ago, you know, President Biden was just beside himself that, you know, Texas and Mississippi, and if, at least, but you know, completely lifted all their restrictions. You know, they said we're we're going back to normal. We're reopening things. And, you know, the the lockdowns and the masks have simply not had the effect that we thought they would a year ago. And we are opening opening our state now. Certainly, the data seems to show that. And all those data points, when you see the number of uh, the infection rates and the death rates, um, wh whether it's in a state that had tight restrictions or a state that had very loose to no restrictions, the shape of the graphs are all very, very similar with the exception of those who had the lesser restrictions had, had higher and shorter peaks than those that, that didn't, but it, it certainly doesn't in retrospect now, doesn't seem to have, have had the, the effect that people have said they, they, they would have. Um, but you know the president called that Neanderthal thinking, and in the 17 days since Texas completely opened, they have steadily declined in their in their infection rate. So whether or not that's an, an anomaly, we will see. But it certainly does not necessarily seem to be on its face Neanderthal thinking. But never, never let facts get in the way of a of a narrative. I also saw this very interesting story um, regarding the Pennsylvania Amish, who apparently have now officially achieved herd immunity. 
Now the Amish being being who they are, they had no no mask mandates. They did not uh, you know social distance, and I'm, I'm not sure if if they are partaking in the vaccines. But they have officially achieved, according to health experts, they've achieved herd immunity. And we who have been on are heavily into the vaccines in the past couple of of months and and have been quarantining and masking up, we are certainly nowhere near that. So maybe maybe there's something to be said for those guys. And again, maybe just maybe those uh, restrictions did not work out the way that they were intended. And I also saw this, the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, struck down the mask mandate of the governor. And, you know, that's one more win for freedom. Um, and, you know, people were naturally up in arms. You had people saying, why, well, even if there's, it's not mandated, you should still wear a mask and save lives. Well, I mean, you can feel like that. I mean, you can feel righteous because you're wearing a mask, but, you know, the data doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to show it. Now, again, I'm not, to be fair, I'm not anti-mask. You know, I, if, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. But to shame anybody for having any kind of different opinion, whatever it is, is is just complete nonsense. And and but those who are who are very vehemently in favor of wearing masks, they seem seem to be the ones that have the torches and pitchforks out, you know, demanding that uh, that we comply. But you know, so be it. Now, again, I, I thinking back in the past year, I you remember that you know the talk of you know, once vaccines were were out that you know we would would we be required to have a vaccine passport if you wanted to travel if you wanted to enter sporting events and I heard at the time again just going back a year don't even have to think all that far that you know such talk was was simply conspiracy theory now. Never mind that Bill Gates at the time was overtly advocating for exactly this uh, over and over, even you know, before the pandemic and, and right at the beginning and throughout. He's this is something that you know, he, he was been advocating. He would call it a digital passport, you know, something that you have on your phone and you have a QR code and you'd scan, and say, oh, I, I, these are my bona fides. I've I've had the I've had the vaccine, and and you've seen all these these schmucks who are just patting themselves on the back and you know, pounding their chest online with you know posting their their card with their, you know, their vaccine uh, verifieds on there, in which these morons they, they have their birth date on there, and people are stealing their identities from posting these freaking things on the online. I mean, how stupid, how stupid can you be? But again, again, that that's just the way I think. But I wouldn't uh, post a video of someone getting beaten either. Um, but again, I was told that that was you know such a notion was uh, was conspiracy. It was written off as as, as a you know wacko kookery. But lo and behold, uh, New York is in the process of launching their Excelsior Pass. Excelsior! And who, who thought that? I mean, who's, who really thought they were clever? Who's getting some bonus for coming up with this clever name? I, I'm not sure. You know, but the, the, this is something that could be downloaded to, you know, to your phone. And, and once you got the vaccine, you could use that to... to as proof when going to sporting events or to you know clubs or concerts or or traveling or whatever it is that that you have the vaccine um so not conspiracy not kookery i don't know you know new york's putting that out there you know you know judging by what the governor did and in, in killing in mass uh, you know seniors in nursing homes new york is probably not 
the standard we want to use in response to you know, all things pandemic. But they have jumped feet first into their Excelsior Pass. So those of you in New York, uh, good luck. Uh, you know, your your governor is just as kooky as ours here in Illinois. But um, apparently we're we're not uh, conspiracy theorists if if we're just simply asking questions and and responding to something with a reaction along the lines of. Huh? <laughs> but again, I'm just a Gen Xer. What do I know? So with that, you know, I'll, I'll see you again uh, when we get some water. Although I'm going to be heading out to opening day, and I'm going to enjoy some baseball, even though it's going to be going to be cold today. You know, I don't care. I, it's going to be the first regular season game back at Wrigley Field where fans are allowed, and I am going to partake. And I'm going to, to enjoy it. I'm going to bask in the glow of of having just a little bit of normalcy and being able to enjoy uh, being outside and watching some baseball and looking forward to warmer weather, weather and bigger and brighter things. So enjoy the rest of your day and your week. I'll see you back for some, uh, some more water cooler talk. Stay cool, Gen X. <laughs>